Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. everyone. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio program. Good to have you with us tonight. We've already got people texting us, and we're glad for that. I was just going to tell you a little bit about the program in case you're tuning in for the very first time. If you're from the Dickinson, North Dakota area, you probably are listening live on uh, 1230 AM, the uh, AM station here, kind of the main AM station in Dickinson, North Dakota. The, I don't know how long the station's been here. I think back in the times of BC, maybe just about. It's been here a long, long time, but it's pretty modern and up to date now. They've got it all. It's a really nice, nice studio that we're in. And so we're in the studio live right now, and we've got Abe Simons running the controls. We've got Ben Yoder over here as my bodyguard in case in case uh, somebody wants to get mad at me. And you know what? This program tonight, somebody might get mad at me. So it's a good thing I've got Ben here with me. He's one of those um, ex-Amish thugs from out in Pennsylvania. So 
But uh, and then so you're listening. Some of you are listening live right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Some of you are listening on the internet on kdix.net, and then some of you are listening on Holy Ghost Radio Channel Two. So there's three different ways you can listen to us, and uh, and then maybe I could say four different ways, Abe, because they could be listening later at a future date on the podcast, because the, all these programs are podcasts. If you want to ever re-listen to a program. You can go to Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2 and you'll punch in podcasts and you can actually listen to uh, Tell It Like It Is shows from the past. Now, I've been out of town. um, My wife and I were out of town for two Sunday nights, so we haven't been on the air. This For two Sunday nights, we were two weeks ago from tonight. We were in Pennsylvania and we were uh, there for a conference and then visiting some good friends of ours who are listening tonight. In, in the Washington, Pennsylvania area. And then last week, we were in Prince Edward Island. We had done a couples retreat there and then spoke at a church on Prince Edward Island Sunday uh, night a week ago. And so we've had different people filling in for us and doing the program for us. And I really appreciate that. And I know they've done a really, really good job. Boy, there's a lot of people texting tonight. Now, here's the deal tonight. We've got, um, I was telling these guys, I'm going to talk about the same thing we had an open discussion on in our adult Bible class today. But I don't have a whole lot of notes about that. I, uh, I, In fact, uh, the discussion turned into such a, I felt like such a lively discussion that it, my mind is kind of full of that stuff. But I, what I'd like tonight is to, when you text me, and don't call and do this, you're going to have to text or email uh, 701-290-7862, 701-290-7862. And, uh, you can, you can kind of have an open discussion. You can, you can disagree with me. You can agree with me. Uh, you can, um, you can, uh, you know, I, don't, I mean, be nice to me. Don't, don't, don't be mean to me, but I'm going to be talking about a topic that may be somewhat controversial because, uh, there's two different ways you could look at it, and I'm just going to kind of explain to you my take on this. But we're going to play a song, and uh, we've got before we do. Hey, you're not playing that yet, are you? I just I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through this list, man. I've got a lot of people. We've got the first the, the prize winner tonight is Lori H from Dickinson listening. We've got uh, Carl and Jeannie in uh, Michigan listening tonight. The Hostetler crew out in Pennsylvania. Uh, we've got the Woods Woodses are listening. Beulah. We've got See somebody listening. Is this who is this person listening? Oh, this is I know who this is. This is uh, Sierra from. Is she still in Arizona? Sierra, she's listening in Arizona. We've got the Schulers listening up in Grafton. We've got the Lees listening in Dickinson. The Millers listening in Fargo, and uh, so and and there are more texts are coming in. But uh, we've got oh, we got people even from Moorhead listening tonight. So. Uh, when I get into the program tonight, you can help me because I may not have enough just to keep going if you don't. So the text number is 701-290-7862, and the email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. The question was raised as my conscience fell. A silly little lie It didn't mean much But it lingers still 
in the corners of my mind. Still, you call me to walk on the edge of this world to spread my dreams and fly. But the future's so far, my heart is so frail. Right into it tonight, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show live from Dickinson, North Dakota tonight. Luke chapter 23, 32, and 33 tells the story of two men that were 
on the cross, on crosses, one on each side of Jesus when Jesus was crucified. It says, There were also two others, malefactors, led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And so this is where we're going to start tonight, and this is going to be uh, kind of a tough topic in some ways, as, as I said earlier. Uh, we're going to talk about, I, I want to just make a disclaimer here right away that, that I, I am not trying to be insensitive to people who have gone through uh, terrible things in their lives. Um, in fact, we've got a church that has many people, many, many people that have suffered um, in in their lives in different ways, uh, lost children, uh, there's situations of uh, divorces that have happened to people that we have met. Uh, there are people that have lost, um, you know, spouses in our church, uh, people that have gone through abuse, even as children and different things like that. And some of these things I maybe I only know about as a pastor, maybe some of it's common knowledge, I'm not sure. But I, the last thing I want to do tonight is sound like I'm insensitive to that. But there were two men that were crucified next to Jesus, one on the right hand and one on the left. And in Luke it says that these two men had two completely different attitudes. And that's really what we're going to zero in on tonight. And this is where I, I do need your feedback. You know, I would uh, Don't call me because that's not going to work. But 701-290-7862. The crosses were the same. What the men were going through was exactly the same. They, they both were, you know, of course, this was a horrible way to die. Um, they were, they, one on the right hand of Jesus, one on the left hand of Jesus. Uh, there was, there was a, you know, the agonizing, the pain, the thirst, the shame, the heat, the dust, uh, the morbid curiosity of people just staring at you while you're dying there. And what I want us to really look at is the two different types of attitudes that came out of these two different men. And and I'm going to tell you exactly what the program is about right now, that circumstances of life don't make us into who, what, who we are, but they show everyone who we are. Circumstances of life bring out what's on the inside of you. Um, I said in our adult Bible class, and if you would like to come and visit our church, I think you would love that class. We we split it up into smaller groups, and we try to have an open discussion, and um, and it's uh, it's about a forty five minute class from ten about ten o five to about ten fifty. But this um, I said in our adult one of our adult Bible classes this morning: the same sun that hardens the clay softens the wax. And so we see two men that have the same thing happen to them. One responds one way, one responds the other way. And this is exactly the way adversity works. Let's start out with the, 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 the first man we're going to start out with, the, with the man that was angry. Now both of these men that were on this cross next to Jesus were both guilty of some crimes. Uh, apparently some uh, terrible crimes that that were worthy of death penalty. And they were both hanged on these crosses, and they were side by side with Jesus, close enough to where you could talk to each other. And one of the 
the the men in Luke chapter 23 and verse 39, it says, And one of the men which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. He railed on him. He was angry. He was bitter. He was upset. Would you would you be okay today if I if I kind of pretended to be the uh, psychiatrist trying to figure these two guys out? Is that all right? Because some of what I'm talking about today is certainly supposition. But there is a attitude of this man that is so different than the other man who admits his guilt is is a reverent towards Jesus and and uh, and even prays and asks for mercy where the other man doesn't ask for any mercy but he has this angry victim type mentality now this man this first man that we're talking about you know he was a boy at one time he played child games uh, he was and now he was hardened and callous and it, even in death he was swearing he was vulgar there was railings pouring out from his lips and this man could see Jesus he heard Jesus pray uh, all the things that uh, but none of these things touched this man uh, he was he was just full of bitterness rebellion and he wanted somebody to do something for him. He was he was a, a bitter person. Now, I want to just talk about this man for a little while before we get to the other man. We have a little time tonight. But this man, here, here again, now, you say, well, he was probably had a rough childhood or was abused as a child or whatever else. Maybe that's true. But we have no idea. We don't know if he was or maybe the other man was. We have no idea. But there is a world full of people that not only will not take responsibility for their actions, but they're going to blame others for the terrible things that happened to them. This man had the attitude, to me it seems like, no one understands. Or no one has had it as bad as I've ever had. You know, if you come to visit our church, and we hope you do, but please don't say no one has had it as bad as I ever had when you come to our church. Because you have no idea who you're talking to. You have no idea who the people around you are. You have no idea what they've went through. And that's kind of a arrogant, proud attitude to think that you're the only person that's ever suffered. You're the only person that's life has been unfair to. You know, um, the um, what's so interesting about people like this man is that many times we don't even realize who we are. We don't even realize uh, that we are maybe in this case being punished for his poor decisions, but we don't realize that. You know, if you, if you, I, I can't say I've studied this, but I've, I, I know enough about enough little topics to kind of, I suppose, make me an interesting conversationalist sometimes, but, but there are, there are people that have been some of the worst people that have ever lived that thought they were good people. Like Al Capone, for instance, who was a gangster in, in, in Chicago, you know, many, many years ago. Al Capone was, was, you know, he considered himself a good person. He would help the poor. 
He would he would slip. Uh, he would walk. He would walk down the streets of Chicago and give money away to people. But Al Capone also orchestrated the murder of many many people. Who knows how many? I don't know. But he was heard to say while he was in prison, he finally got arrested for tax evasion because nobody wanted to testify against him because they, their families would be killed. But the federal government finally got him. And while he was in prison, this is what he was overheard saying. All the good I've done all my life, and here I am rotting away in prison. You know, he didn't look at himself as a murderer. He didn't look at himself as a, a thug. He didn't look at himself as the inventor of the cement overshoes. If you don't know what those are, they would take you out in a boat in, in, uh, in one of the Great Lakes, and they would put your feet in some cement overshoes and just throw you overboard. And then nobody ever knew what happened to you. No evidence, no... Uh, that's. I mean, Al Capone was kind of the inventor of those things. But you see, he thought he was a good person. Uh, you can go, many of these famous criminals thought they were good people. John Dillinger, uh, who was a bank robber and, uh, and certainly involved with many killings, even some innocent people, or many innocent people, I should say. And uh, and he, he thought he was a good person. So this, if I can just get in the head of this thief on the cross, he was a thief on the cross. He was there for what he had done. He was guilty, and I, I'm sure he was because the other thief apparently knew him, and he apparently maybe they were even there for the same crime. I, I don't even know. It kind of seems like it. But this attitude, no one understands me. My life is so bad. This attitude is going to really, really hurt you. Now, let me just bring this out a little more here, because before I get to the good guy, too, and I'm going to go back and forth between... Um, between both both of them but this this going back and forth this imagine this that the turns in your life and even the bad decisions in your life that you've made have brought you into very close proximity of Jesus himself now no matter what it took to get near Jesus that still a good thing to be near Jesus. You see, when people come to the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, many times they come there because they need something. Their their marriage might be rocky. Uh, they they've got a drug addiction, an alcohol problem. Uh, maybe they're just depressed. Uh, many people try our church because they're looking for help. And so, if Let's just say this. Let's just say you lived your life and everything went good. Your health was good. Your marriage were good. Your your 2.4 children were good. Uh, uh, Everything in life was great. But you died and went to hell. That's a bad deal. But what if there was adversity in your life and it was that adversity that brought you close to Jesus and close to hearing about the message it takes to save you, which is found in one place, like in one verse in the Bible. It's just wrapped up in one verse, Acts 2.38. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What if the adversity in your life brought you 
next to Jesus. Do you see, you could even thank God for the adversity. There are people that I know that have such good attitudes that they don't look at their life with a victim mentality. They look at life kind of as a student. Like, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn here? And that's why I say one person can find out they have cancer and curse God. One person can find out they have cancer and turn to God. What's the difference? It's the person. That's the difference. You see, it's not, it's not just, um, it, it's not the cancer that makes you, you know, I, there was a lady one time that visited our church and you know, I am so tired. Oh, this is going to sound insensitive, but I am so tired of people over the years telling me I'm mad at God. I'm really mad at God. That makes me tired. You know what? Um, I've been mad at myself plenty of times. I've been mad at others. But I don't find myself being mad at God. Now, I don't understand everything God's done in my life, but I'm not mad at him. There was a lady one time visited our church back when we were in our old building. Of course, we're in our new building now, 501 Elks Drive here in Dickinson, North Dakota. But this woman told me when she was leaving the church that day, or maybe when she was coming in, I don't know which it was. But she said, I'm really mad at God. And I said, why are you mad at God? Because my grandma died. And, um, you know, the first time I ever met her, I don't want to sound callous. I don't want to sound insensitive, but grandmas die. Let, Let me tell you this, all grandmas die. That's not a good reason to get mad at God. It really isn't. But you know, th- there is a, there is a, um, uh, th- there, there is just such a. To me, it's just such a uh, interesting thing. And here again, if you if you're tuning in late to the Tell It Like It Is show, we're talking about the two thieves on the cross, one on the right hand, one on the left hand of Jesus, and how one of them had a completely different attitude than the other. One of them was full of bitterness. He was angry. He was self-centered. He and I'm going to say he had self-pity. The other one was exactly the opposite of that. The other one was, uh, he showed reverence to Jesus. He, he recognized his sin. Uh, he, he recognized good from evil. He recognized that he was on the cross because of his own doing. And he cried out for mercy. The one man was cursing Jesus. The other man was blessing Jesus. You see, this this, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you this, and we're going to go to a song right now, and I've got some really good texts, and I'm probably going to work these into our program, but I'm going to tell you this. You are in the midst. Jesus is trying to reach you. He's coming into your life. He's, he's maybe even using this program right now to come into your life. What attitude are you going to have? Are you going to reject him, or are you going to accept him? This is the Tell It Like It Is show. Text me 701-290-7862. So many paint, such a pretty picture. Soften it up and make it light. They don't paint 
the cross of scripture They just can't seem to get it back There he hung in agony Giving himself for you and me On a cross alone he died Shedding blood the crucified Shedding blood the crucified yeah, The blood was red, the pain was real I can't imagine how it must feel To be nailed to a cross, such an unfair deal Blood was red and the pain was real Blood was red and the pain was real Should have been you and me Hanging on that cruel tree It was us who caused the shame We're the ones we're to pay But he came and took our place For the Lord of sin's disgrace Bound by sin to Calvary's tree Shed his blood to set us free Shed his blood to set us free And the blood was red, the pain was real I can't imagine how it must feel To be nailed to a cross, such an unfair deal Blood was red and the pain was real Blood was red and the pain was real Descending into hell, he set the captives free. By the power of his spirit, he rose again and won the victory. Such a pretty picture Soften it up and make it light They don't paint the cross of scripture They just can't seem to get it right The blood was red, the pain was real I can't imagine how it must feel To be nailed to a cross, such an unfair deal Blood was red and the pain was real Blood was red and the pain was real Blood was red and the pain The pain was real Right, that was a guy named Dallas Holm. Yeah, listening to the Tell It Like It Is show tonight, um, got a, really some good texts, some things for me to really think about here. Um, there are people that have gone through some tough times that are texting me tonight, and um, I want to say hello to the guys. Some of the guys from the jail are listening tonight. Hello to you, 
and I probably won't say your names, but hello to you that are listening. And up at the county jail, we've been our service up there has been canceled the last two Sundays. They've just had different problems up there where we wouldn't weren't able to come. But but hopefully this coming Sunday we'll be able to come. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the two thieves that were nailed on the cross crosses next to Jesus, one on the right hand, one on the left, the different attitude they had, even though they were suffering the same things. And um, and here again, I, I didn't want to appear insensitive tonight about people that are suffering. Of course, I hope you understand that I'm not trying to be. But I will say that our response to the things that happen to us in life really show who we are. You know, I, I've seen people that have had uh, tough things happen to them in their life. They've walked away from God. I've seen people that have had tough things happen to them in life, and they draw closer to God. Um, and so it's not the circumstance, it's what you are. Now, uh, one of the men that's texting me has a, a son that's sick. That's a tough thing. That's a very, very tough thing. Uh, there are. I had a daughter that was, uh, when she was a little baby, uh, when she was young, she was dying. She wasn't supposed to be to live to be two years old, they told us. Her life expectancy was she had an incurable heart disease. Also, she was born with other birth defects. She was crippled. And, and um, I can't tell you I wasn't frustrated. I was frustrated. I really wasn't frustrated at God, though, because, you know, just like this young man said, what else do I have? What else do I have but God? You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to give up on God. But there's probably no sin in being frustrated. You know, the um, there is a there, and there are times that that we we um, we do feel forsaken. Uh, this young man even brought up in his text that Jesus, even on the cross, cried out, "My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me?" And so we see that there is a human element to us. We're not all the greatest heroes that ever were, but. The truth is Jesus even overcame the cross. He did. He he overcame the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane before all the pain was there. He made up his mind, I'm going to do this. He said, not my will, but thine be done. And so this these two men, these two attitudes, these two people, and here again, we're just supposing. We don't even know these men. We have no idea. We have no idea if maybe the good thief on the cross that found forgiveness, if he wasn't exactly like this guy right until the very end. We don't know that. We don't know if he had a change of heart right at the very end. But this, these attitudes, this attitude of, of a victim, this attitude of that, that victim mentality will destroy you. It, it really will. Um, we, you know, now one of, one of the emails I got said, we have to take responsibility for our own actions. And that's, that plays into this story too. But sometimes it's like we're being punished for things we didn't do. Like in the case of, of a child that was molested or, or abused or something like that. And now they're suffering maybe psychological consequences because of these things. And so, Yes, we have to take responsibility for our own actions like these thieves. One of them did, one of them didn't. But the deeper part of this issue is that there are situations in our life that we had that we were just innocent bystanders when the car ran into us. Like we, we didn't we didn't have anything to do with it. 
What do you do with those kind of situations? Well, I know in our in my life, um, I remember uh, when I came to grips with it the first time. My daughter was in in Minnesota. We were at uh, at the uh, University of Minnesota Children's Hospital there. Uh, I was in the room. My daughter was just a little baby, and uh, they were trying to uh, do a heart surgery so that maybe she could live a little longer. But they didn't give us any hope at that time. There was no hope like we're going to cure your daughter. And I remember being in the room, and they were trying to find a vein to draw blood, and they kept jabbing this little girl, and she kept jerking and crying. And I finally had enough, and I had to walk out of the room because it was bothering me so bad, even though she was just a little girl. And I walked into this waiting room, and uh, I was really upset. I really was upset. Now, here again, I don't know if I had ever had the, I don't know, the courage or the brains or whatever to be smart at, upset with God. I was just upset. Like, my daughter didn't do anything wrong. Why is she going through this? That's what I was thinking. And I was thinking that, and I was standing by the wall in this little waiting room, and there was something posted on the wall. And I started reading the story of somebody who had this little child, and this little child died at about, I don't know, six years old. And how this person that wrote this story said, now I was a Christian, and I always heard that you had to give God thanks through everything. But she said, I never did about that. I never gave God thanks about losing our child. Until one day. I was visiting with somebody a friend of mine, and they told me, this lady said, I told them that. I said, I've never, I, I won't give God thanks through this because how could I give God thanks through losing my child? And this person looked at me and said, my husband and I have always wanted to have children, but we were never able to. And it hit that lady like a ton of bricks. I'm going to thank God for the, Six years I had this child. And I walked back in that room, and that's what I was thinking. You gave me this little girl, she might not live. And I'm just going to thank you, God, for the time I do have with her. You see, this, this, these two attitudes, there, there are uh, people that, you know, I know people. I, Friday morning, I was with a man that really has had some terrible hardship recently in his life. And he would have reasons to feel sorry for himself. But I've been around other people that really don't have a lot of reasons. to. Their supposed hurts and, and, and tough things in their life really don't sound like a whole lot to me. And here again, I'm, I'm being insensitive, right? But whether you've gone through terrible trauma or supposed trauma, either way, I think it's your attitude. Because the truth is, if you're next to Jesus, whatever it took to get you next to Jesus, thank God for that. We're not, I'm not having so much trouble in this program. People are helping me out, uh, texting me and so on. It's pretty neat, some of the texts I'm getting here. The... Um, let me tell you a story. There was a girl years ago. There was a lady 
named Gloria. She was working at a, a group home for troubled girls. And in this group home, uh, Gloria met a young lady named Christine. This was in Bismarck. And Christine was not a troubled girl, but they put Christine in this group home for troubled girls because they didn't know what else to do with her. Christine was a little girl, and her dad came home one day in a drunken rage and killed her mother. Her dad went to prison. Of course, her mother was dead. They took all the kids and they put them in foster care. And while Christine was in foster care, she was sexually molested. And that's when they took her out of foster care and put her in this group home for troubled girls, even though Christine has really, had really never done anything. She just hadn't, she'd never really been in any trouble. But they didn't know what else to do with her. She was about, I don't know, maybe 14, 13. And Gloria, this lady from our Bismarck church, was working in this group home. And she told my wife and I about Christine, and she said, you need to meet her. So my wife and I went to this group home, and we met Christine, and we started a Bible study with her. We came every week to the group home and had a Bible study with Christine. Well, Christine got out of that group home, and some good friends of ours in the Bismarck church, he's the pastor of that church now, they adopted her. And Christine is living for Jesus today out in the state of Washington. The last time she was at our church, she told that story exactly that way. And this is what she said. She said, if that story is what it took for me to know this Acts 2.38 message, I'm thankful for it. Because she said, if I would have grown up in a normal home, and nothing bad would have ever happened to me, and I would have lived my life and never known this message and went to hell. She said, that would have been terrible. She said, so whatever it took to put me in the right circumstances to hear this message, I'm thankful for it. See, this is the attitude that I'm talking about here today. You know, if adversity has come into your life, it can make you go one way or the other. And here again, I, I, I spend uh, time, I'm around people. Maybe I do it myself. I hope not. That feel sorry for themselves about their adversities. They've, they've had such a hard life, hard health problems, marriage problems, financial problems, uh, and, and other kinds of problems. Now here again, I know the man that sent me that email, he, he and I both know and with that many of his problems were self-inflicted like many of my problems. But if I wanted to tell my story to make you feel sorry for me, I could tell that story also. I could tell you about being raised in the home of a, a bad alcoholic. I can tell you that story. I can tell you, uh, uh, you know, the story of, of, uh, you know, of, of the drug addiction and what the toll I think it took on my life. Uh, even then, I, I, it did. But you see, None of those things make any difference because the end result was I got to be next to Jesus. And when I got to be next to Jesus, I was like the thief on the cross. You know, I'm hanging here because of what I did. But Jesus, I want you to have some mercy on me. You know, this, this, um, this, this, and here again, somebody's probably saying, well, how in the world could this make anybody mad, this program? 
Oh, it, it will. It will make people upset because there are people that have no idea what I'm talking about. They think I'm being insensitive. They think I don't care. They think that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, you, you are just, you know, you've had such a great life, Pastor Bob, and, and you're just, you know, you don't understand anybody else that's gone through hard times. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's some truth in that. But I'll tell you what, I know other people that have had terrible things happen to them. That look at those things like they're learning something. You know, don't, don't all the heroes of all the stories, aren't they people that overcome terrible circumstances? Like I don't, I don't do the Hollywood movie thing or, or television. I don't have a television. I don't watch the movies. In fact, I, that stuff's so, so much garbage on it. I wish nobody did. But, but I think, all don't like all movies have the idea that the you know like you're beat down beat down beat down and you overcome it and you win is that the way that it always is like aren't all stories about that isn't there something in us that loves that why don't we want to be that person why do we want to be the belly aker why do we want to be the whiner why do we want to be the old poor me person the complainer that's how i see this first thief on the cross but the second thief on the cross, he was a he was a man that that uh, you know he he's, he he uh, he rebuked the first man in in Luke twenty three forty. He says, "Do you not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly?" That's what makes me think this one thief on the cross knew the other one because he somehow they he knew about his crime. They, I think they were partners in crime. He said, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. This, um, this, uh, this man saw the opportunity that he was in, and he reached out for it. He did. You know, uh, I don't know if I'm going to have Abe play any uh, songs or not, but he probably can give out some information on how to, to what to do. We still got about ten minutes in the program tonight. Text me seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. This is a Tell It Like It Is radio show, and um, if you'd like to visit our church, you can do that. We are from the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson. We're located at located at one hundred five or five hundred one Elks Drive. And that's right north of the interstate. It's a, just moved there a couple months ago. And uh, if you'd like to visit us on Sunday, you can come. Uh, there's an adult Bible study at 10 a.m. And at 10 a.m. there's uh, Sunday school for the uh, children as well. And at 11 a.m. on Sundays, there is a worship service, and you are welcome to join us. Um, if you'd like to come on Wednesday night, we have a worship service at 7.30 and um, also, if you're from the beach area, there is a, a service in Beach, too, an apostolic service. And that is at the Beach Community Center at 730 on Tuesday nights. And um, if you need to get a hold of Pastor Simons or you need a ride to our church or anything, just uh, text or call him. It's 701-290-7862. And... Um, 
This is a tell like it is radio show. All right, thanks, Abe. And um, just uh, I've got a little more time to muse here and, and think, but I do want to just say I appreciate the input into the program tonight. And I think maybe if you're if you've been listening to the whole thing, you're going to see that it is kind of a multifaceted uh, topic. Um, you know. Uh, certainly we are molded by the circumstances in our life. There can become hardness. There can become uh, great pity for others. I mean, there can be all kinds of things that make us into who we really are. But this right attitude is what I'm talking about. In the Old Testament, there was a, a man that had 12 sons. And his 11th, the 11th oldest, or the second from the bottom, was a man named Joseph. Now, this is not Joseph the father of um, of Jesus, or the stepdad, I should say, of Jesus, Mary's husband. Now, Joseph was a man that, that had some really bad things happen to him in life, and it, it all stemmed from his family. The um, This, this, um, Joseph was, was, um, was really, um, his brothers were very jealous of him, and because of that, they hated him. And and Joseph, you know, he I, I still think he probably shouldn't have told him about that dream he had. But anyway, um, you know, I mean, you'd hope that people would be glad for you when God's going to bless you, but not that's not always true. And so Joseph, his, his ten older brothers wanted to kill him. But instead, and it's a longer story than this, but they sold him into slavery to Egypt, and they told... Joseph's dad, that Joseph, they found his coat, and they had mixed blood on it, and said, we found Joseph's coat on the field, and his dad made the assumption that Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. So dad thought Joseph was dead. The brothers knew what happened, but Joseph was a slave in Egypt. While he was a slave in Egypt, he worked very hard for this one man named Potiphar, and he worked very, very hard, but Potiphar's wife, Mrs. Potiphar, she tried to get Joseph to have sexual relations with her. Even though she was another man's wife, Joseph refused. She accused Joseph of trying to rape her. Joseph was thrown in prison. But while he was in prison, he made a connection with one of Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph interpreted a dream for Pharaoh and became the second in command of the most powerful nation in the earth at that time. Well, later... Joseph and his brothers meet up again, and there's a lot of drama to this story, but I'm not going to tell you the whole thing if you don't know it. But Joseph, when his brothers found out it was Joseph, they were very afraid because they had really done Joseph wrong. But Joseph had the right attitude, and this is what Joseph said. He said, you meant it to me for bad, but God meant it to me for good. You see, this is the attitude that we need to have when others hurt us, uh, when others um, are cruel to us. We need to look at this not as like I'm a victim, poor me. And I'm going to tell you this, uh, I've been around a long time. There's a lot of people that don't even have anything to complain about and they complain. I mean, they complain about everything. But even if we do have something legitimate to complain about. I think we need to have the right attitude, like the thief on the cross that was thankful 
that he got to die next to Jesus. You know, this, this, uh, this is a, um, an amazing thing to think about that, that, um, that this thief on the cross, or both of them, had an opportunity to be with Jesus. And one of them made something good out of it. One of them made something bad out of it. Now, when you come in contact with the Lord, which I believe you can right now, I believe you could if you visited our church. I believe you could if you prayed. But just because you come to our church doesn't mean you're going to like it. Just because you come, like, like, um, there's, there's somebody right now that I'm thinking about that's, that's a bad drinker. And, um, and I really wish that he, he would come to our church. But just because he comes to our church doesn't mean he'll stop drinking. Any more than being crucified with Jesus would mean that you would call out for forgiveness. Because, see, somewhere there is a decision that you've got to make, and you've got to quit whining, and you've got to quit being angry, and you've got to quit being bitter about all the lost opportunities and all the terrible things that you didn't have in your life, or that you missed in your life, all the, oh, how terrible that was. And you've got to come to the realization that this time, this position, you know, this is your chance. This, uh, you know, when you come to the cross of Jesus, I believe you're going to go either one way or the other. And we see a very, very good example in this story. Two men, two crosses. One of them found forgiveness, and one of them died in a miserable state, just the same way apparently he had lived. What is it going to be for you? You know, you know what, what? What is it going to be for you? You know this. Um, you know, like I say, I my uh, pastor was accused many times over the years, Pastor Walters of of um, nobody understands. Pastor Walters, you don't understand. Nobody understands. I've I had a guy tell me many years ago, and this is not. I don't want to bleed over into what I preach today, but he told me nobody knows how many times I pray. Nobody knows how, how I love God so much. Nobody understands. Well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter if anybody else understands, but as long as God understands. But are you going to be a bitter person? Are you going to be a victor or are you going to be a victim? You know, this, this, um, you know, the the Bible talks about roots of bitterness, Hebrews 12 and 15. You know, a root of bitterness, that, that negative attitude of, of uh, you know, I, I know, I knew a young man that one time said that um, the reason I'm not successful is because my parents didn't pay for my college. So I couldn't go to college. Well, I have a guy sitting next to me right here that just grinned at me when I said that because... Your parents didn't pay for your college either, Ben. You know what? But they taught you how to work. Thank God for that. You know, I mean, like, like, but you see that victim mentality. Oh, if I could have just went to college, I could have become somebody. See, that's bad thinking. In America, you could become somebody whether you go to college or not. You know, I mean, I really believe that. You know, you can, 
well, I'm not going to get into that. But I mean, you can, you can, you know, you can become whatever you want in America. You, you could, you could become the president of the United States and not have gone to college in America, if you want to. But you see, not with the wrong attitude, you can. You know this. Um, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just rambling here. But I mean, it, it is something that is pretty dear to me. Um, you know this, this. Uh, uh, you know this this idea that people really don't understand what's going on, like the thief on the cross that was cursing and swearing. I don't even know if he knew that he was wrong. That's what's so tough about this, because once you start wallowing in that type of self pity and self justification. It is such an evil trap. I'm, I'm thinking the only thing that could snap you out of it is a revelation from God himself through the word or through preaching or, or something. Or maybe, maybe just hard enough licks that where it would just knock you out of it. But I have met people in jail that are so angry at the police. They're so angry at the justice system. But they're not realizing that they're the one that put themselves in jail. Like they're feeling sorry for themselves. There was a guy one time that I met. We're going to run out of time here, but and uh, and I, but I'll tell the story. He was so upset. He was in jail for counterfeiting at the county jail. He was so mad. He said, everybody that was in jail with me for the same thing, they all got shorter sentences, and here I am, just because I'm, for, I'm from Chicago, I got the really long sentence. And I probably only spent... You know, just a few of those $20 bills we counterfeited. And he said, um, and then he went on to tell me that, yeah, I'm the guy that taught them how to do it, you know, because they didn't know how to do it, the rest of them. But they spent way more. And he was just so mad at the police, so mad at the justice system. But he wasn't realizing he counterfeited money. That's against the law. Which which man, which person are you going to be tonight? Are you going to be the one that cries out for forgiveness or are you going to be the one that cries out in self-pity Lord Jesus we just ask you to help us tonight Lord I know that this topic is a very very hard topic especially for those that are trapped in this self-pity self-justification trap and and God even though maybe all those that are around them know what's going on but they themselves do not and I just pray that you help them tonight Help break them out of this. Help them, God, to accept responsibility or even, God, to accept that you're trying to teach them something. I just pray that you help them in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Lord willing, we'll be back next Sunday night for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you so much for all the communication tonight. Good night. You are my joy.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.